hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super excited that you are here hanging out with us today. As I talk about all the time, uh, I love getting the mailbag um, and I love reading your emails and whatnot. I had a great uh, a great suggestion that came in uh, from one of you that was asking me uh, and, and made the comment of, you know, I haven't heard from any local, you know, Arkansas insurance agents or local, regional, whatever insurance agents. And, you know, you being from there and I'd love to hear from some of that. And so I'm going to do a little series on, on, on some of this. And I would love for you to hear you know, what's going on from some, you know, local young producers uh, that are some new in the business, some been in it for a little bit and just local agents and what they're doing to be successful. And I've gathered up four of the best young producers from the area and very successful young in their career uh, and in their 20s and in their early 30s. And I want you to hear from them and what they're doing to be successful. And again, they're just like you. They're in a small town trying to, to be successful or they're the agents that you're looking to uh, compete against or you're looking to write business with if you're a, car- a carrier rep or an underwriter. I just can't wait for you to hear these episodes. And uh, some of these, uh, you know, are just fantastic. And so this episode, I can't wait to get into and talk to my man, Sam. But before I do, I got to tell you about my friends over at Smart Choice, the fastest growing agency network. Whether you're looking for one market or a hundred, Smart Choice is the way to go. They don't have fees. They don't have long, lengthy contracts. And they share in their bonus and contingencies. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Also, my friends over at Canopy Connect. Your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. And now they're doing commercial, so you can also get loss runs that you need you know, to be able to close those deals and to be able to have a clearer picture. Now, use canopy.com backslash Heath. Go check that out. You guys are going to be so proud that you did. Uh, now, again, on to my good friend here who I've known for a while now and served on a board or two together with him. And his name is Sam Henley, and he's out of uh, the great state of Arkansas in northwest Arkansas, where everything's booming up there. And I want you to hear his story of of being in second generation and going from the captive to the independent. And uh, he's been hugely successful in, in, in growing by small business and startups and contractors. And uh, I can't wait to get in the story. And I'm going to ask him some of these questions of how that was. And sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Sam Henley. Sam Henley, my brother. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not a lot, man. What's going on? Man, it is good to see you face-to-face. It's been a minute since our uh, our last time we saw well, the conference. Uh, was the last time we saw each other, I guess. So Yeah, out, you, there, at, uh, out there at Graceland. Dude, that was so much fun. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. But what have you been up to, man? Talk to me. How, how's life treating you? Dude, good? it's treating me good. Uh, you know, I uh, coming out of the coming out of kind of the winter months, uh, the slower, darker months. It's yeah. uh, it's always exciting. I think uh, I think last night, uh, or excuse me, this past weekend, I got to fire up the grill for the first time in a while. Yes. So that was that was fun. Uh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Me, uh, my wife went and got me a steak from a nice uh, butcher shop for Valentine's Day. So fire that sucker up. Uh, you know, it stayed it stayed light till about six fifteen. So you know, we're yeah, long days now. Yeah, baby, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. So, so yeah, no, can't can't care at all. Say what? No, I was gonna say can't complain there at all, man. It's, yeah, uh, no, not at all, bro. That's incredible. So, talk to me a little bit. Uh, the audience uh, doesn't know maybe who Sam Henley is. They should crawl out from Iraq. But why don't <laughs> you? About that. Yeah. Why don't you uh, take us a walk down memory lane and uh, tell me about uh, Sam Henley and let the audience know who you are from as far back as you want and bring me up to today. Yeah, you bet, man. Um, so, you know, super, super pumped to be here, man. I, I, I really am. But so I started in, um, in insurance about 10 years ago, be uh, 10 years this coming July. Um, and I, I started over in shelter insurance with, with my dad. My dad actually owned a, a shelter agency for 40 years, and I ended up taking that one over. Uh, and so, you know, I grew up in an insurance agency. I was always around. My dad would my dad would actually take me to some of his meetings because back then, you know, they would do everything in person. Uh, in fact, that like there there was no email for a lot of it too. You know, it's just it's wild seeing how the industry's changed so much. Uh, but no, I can uh, I remember my dad sitting down doing actual like paper applications and paper um, quotes for um, for insurance, uh, you know, doing the math, mileage, everything like that for the homes and autos. It's uh, it was pretty wild, but no. So you know, I went to college. Uh, you know, I had a good time in college. Came out of college kind of like uh, a lot of everyone else from college, not knowing exactly what we want to do. Uh, I jumped around. I sold guns for Cabela's for a while. I drove a big rig for Budweiser for a while. Uh, and then dad called me. He's like, man, you're wasting your time. I need you to come over here and uh, and work in the agency. I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it. And I think you'd have fun doing it. And so that was, man, that was pretty much all she wrote. I jumped into it, really enjoyed the relationship building aspect of it, enjoyed everything like that. Um, and then where I'm at now is, so I'm with an insurance group called Davidson Garrett Insurance, went independent uh, two and a half years ago, August 1st of 2020. It's whenever I jumped into the independent world. The owner of Davidson Garrett, Drew Bradley, was just kind of a golfing buddy of mine. You know, we used to go out complain about insurance together and stuff like that and uh he always told me he's like dude if you ever want to come over and work with me like let me know let me know let me know let me know and there's a few instances with uh with the agency that i had that i just i kind of told my wife on a weekend that i was like i can't i can't do this for the next 30 years man yeah like, i can't i can't this just this isn't what this is what I thought it was going to be, blah, blah, blah. And so I reached out to Drew. I shot him a text on a Sunday. I was like, bro, if you were serious about that, like, I'm in. Like, let me know. And he texts back. And he's like, dude, I got an office for you tomorrow. Let me know. And so that was that was it. So what I really wanted to do with Drew and where I was a little bit limited in the cap world, uh, and this is what kind of, kind of really pushed me out, is I wanted to work on bigger projects. I wanted to do bigger things with bigger premium, with a kind of bigger, higher risk, stuff like that. And that's just not something that Shelter had in their wheelhouse, nor ever will they. Just That's just not the appetite that they're after. And I told you, I was like, dude, I'll come over, um, but this is what this is what I want to do. And he's like, man, if, if you can do it, do it. So now I jumped ship and I came over to Davis and Garrett and all I do now mostly is commercial insurance. Um, and I work with larger corporations. Um, well, I say that I work with the, the brand new guy to the big corporation that's been around for 30 years. Uh, and it, dude, it's really rewarding watching some of these new venture guys get started up. And I've now been in it, you know, long enough to where some of these guys that I first started out with, they first joined up brand new ventures. 
they are they're they're clearing they're clearing seven figures now they're getting big contracts with some builders around here you know doing some cool stuff and just watching them grow and just kind of being a part of that like that that's been pretty rewarding uh, yeah that's that's very rewarding to be able to have that that relationship from jump. They're like, you took a chance on me. You wrote my insurance and you become a part of their journey. No, you really do. Like, no, you seriously do. There's a, there was a guy that we started up. Uh, he was actually my, my third account that I wrote. Um, brand new guy, just jumping into the construction world, had worked on a crew his whole life. And he's like, man, I, I know the industry. I know how to do this. Like I'm, I'm jumping into it. Uh, we started him out. He, he was hoping to clear 75,000 his first year. Um, and gross. That was that was his goal. He didn't touch it. He got to I think it was like fifty something like that. And last year we actually just finished his audit um, about um, about three or four weeks ago, and he cleared he cleared one point seven million. Uh, Holy from, smokes! That's incredible. I know. I know. He caught a couple really good contracts, and man, that's all it the, takes, man. That's it. He got he got one contract, and it just kind of ran into a couple more, but. You know, the the cool thing about that and and what I really enjoy with working with like new ventures and guys like that is that you got to stay on top of their audits because some of those guys, you know, if if we didn't do like quarterly meetings with him, stuff like that and say like, hey, man, you know, we've got your gross rated at, at you know, 500,000 right now. Oh, dude, I just cleared 500,000 Q1. Like, All right. Well, we're, we need to adjust this then because otherwise you're going to get hit with a pretty big audit bill at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you stay it in, stay it in on top of them like that. It, it, it just kind of contributes to the fact that like, you really feel like you're, you're there with them and really helping them. And, you know, to a degree, you, I, I really feel like I am. Um, that's an important thing. And you start getting vested in your own mind of like, I've got to make sure this you know, I've got this guy set up, right? And you start thinking like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not really an owner here, but you start no. thinking like that. You do. You got to, you got to help them out, man. Well, cause it's what my, my, so my dad brought me into insurance, but he also kind of threw me to the wolves a little bit too. He was, he was an older agent. Um, and he kind of hit that old agent status of, you know, I've been doing this for so long. Like here's the, here's the torch. Go, go, go do it yourself type situation. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't really have anyone to to help me out at the very start. Shockingly enough, like I really, dad was very much like, Hey, go figure it out. Um, but the, the, he gave me two pieces of advice uh, that to this day still ring very clearly. Oh, and, I can't uh, wait to hear this. So the, the first one was find your best policy and run it into the ground. The everyone should have a policy that whether it's an HO4, an apartment building, uh, uh, a business owner, or, or one policy, and you run it into the absolute ground. And then the other one, the other piece of advice, and this really comes into, comes into effect with like helping out the new ventures and, and new young insureds that maybe their uh, uh, husband and wife just got married, buying their first home, you know, kind of kind of getting that thing set up, is dad told me never, ever sell insurance for the money. If you sell insurance for the money, then everyone will be able to pick that up immediately and you'll never sell a, a piece of insurance. So he, he told me sell insurance because you care about someone. Sell insurance because yeah. it's important to people, whether they think it's important or not. Um, and then the money aspect will come. Um, and so yeah, I that love that. Is, that's the two, that's the two pieces of advice that, that he gave me. It's find your best product, run it into the ground. 
and don't ever sell people for money. Yeah, I think that's fantastic because that's one of the things I talk to agents about every single day is, and you brought up something that, you know, I thought was interesting too, of, you know, that product doesn't have to be necessarily the cheapest or something you're passionate about. And so if yeah. you're in the commercial world, you know, I talk to people all the time of finding that, you know, not necessarily for the upsell reasoning, but find that, you know, coverage addition or that enhancement or that, you know, something to increase, you know, the value of their, you know, their, you know, contract with you or of their policy. It might be cyber. It might mm-hmm. be equipment breakdown. It might be, you name EPLI, you name whatever it could be. You know, you find that thing that you're passionate about. Like you said, everyone needs to have this. And so maybe something as simple as going through and reviewing all your commercial accounts and saying, hey, I noticed, Mr. Uh, uh, policyholder, you don't have cyber. And imagine a world where you were attacked by this, what it could do to your business. Dude, it's a crazy world out there for cyber right now. Have you seen some of the statistics on that stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. It's and it's been grossly undersold and underpriced for years. It's It's underpriced. Um, I think that that's something that we were actually, it's funny you mentioned that we were talking about that in the agency, not that long ago, um, about cyber and providing a cyber quote for, for just attaching it with, with everything that we bring in, um, uh, uh, commercial wise, because it's the statistics and, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. I'm going to kind of give a, give a window because I don't have them right in front of me, but it's going to be close enough. It's something like, like. 75 to 80% of cyber attacks are on small businesses. And out of those small businesses, it is, an, and I don't remember the exact percentage of this, so I'm just not even going to say it, but I do know it is a shockingly high number that if they do not have cyber coverage, they they cannot recover from it. Um, so yeah, it and is, it doesn't, you know, it can attack, like you said, small businesses, which affects most of the people we're talking about here. And but it also affects like Target had a big, huge article about it. And yep. I think, you know, locally here, like Dillard's, I think, had one and all these people like large corporations and small. So I say that one just to, you know, enhance the conversation you brought up from your dad. But also you start talking about other coverages you could put on or other even discounts that you believe and you're passionate mm-hmm. about. And maybe you're talking to a construction account or a, an account that has a lot of auto drivers. Maybe you start talking about, you know, fleet safety or you start talking about different things like that. Uh, or maybe you believe in umbrellas. Maybe you go through every home and auto customer. Like, hey, I noticed here, Mr. You know, policyholder, you don't have an umbrella. And let me talk to you about what an umbrella does and educate them on it. Like, oh yeah, I got a teenage driver. I definitely need an umbrella. Or I've got this. I definitely need that. It could be any number of policies, but I love that advice from your dad. Find that policy and run it in the ground. Yep. That's that's it. Uh, I think I think a lot of agents and myself, I still I still struggle with this, is we're always afraid to, I don't know, charge more premium or try to increase premium or anything like that because it's kind of the name of the game or the name of the industry is cheap, 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 sell, sell, you know, cut prices, you know, like, well, what can you do for me? I'm paying too much over here. I'm paying too much over yeah. here. I wanna and I think that's something that that you know we've we've kind of backed off on a lot is is this fear to not necessarily upsell. I don't. I don't want to say upsell. I, I want to say provide a value. You know, if you don't provide a value to someone, then then what good are you? And so, whenever you start looking at things like that, of uh, hey, listen, we can put this. We can put this this policy on. Um, provide you some better coverage here for for something that's really important to you. Bring up a good point. If you could show value and have confidence in what you're talking about, people will pay more if they see yep. the value. And yeah, right. I think a lot of people. 
And I consult with, you know, hundreds of agencies that talk about this, about, you know, that fear of the price increase or selling, you know, a policy that costs more. But again, if you can show the value, find the angle that, that works that you believe in, they'll pay more. And if you could paint that picture of what would happen if you didn't have this coverage, what would happen? Yeah. How much would you be out of pocket? How would it affect your business? How would it affect your life if you didn't? And, you know, I've always, so uh, my dad, you know, going back to your story a minute ago, I'm a second generation as well. My dad's 80 years old, still slinging insurance to this day. Is he really? That's awful. Oh, yeah. Incredible. The other day, um, are you, are you ever going to slow down? I was like, no, if I slow down, I die. But the point being, I say all that to say, I'm a big believer and I always have been in life insurance. And that's another great thing. If you can get passionate about it to say, hey, what would you or something would have happened to you? How would your wife and your loved ones pay for the home? Or what would happen to your business? What would happen to this or that? Because that's the last thing you want to do is leave your loved ones with a whole lot of debt or Mm-hmm. Leave them in a situation to where they, you know, are crippled by your passing. And again, I don't want to sound morbid, but at the same time, to get them thinking about it. And most everybody, like, you know, you know, you're right. You know, I probably should, or I don't have enough, or I do have one, but I think it's a 20 year term and I bought it 18 years ago, or I've got blah, blah, blah. You could usually get into a conversation because everybody knows about life insurance. They may not know everyone, about everyone what general liability is, or they don't know what workers' comp necessarily might be, or they may not know what. Equipment breakdown is, but they know life insurance. So again, mm-hmm. another going back to what your dad said, find that policy, that passion that you've got. So you brought up another point that I wanted to get into with you for a minute before we, you know, get further into this conversation. And, you know, going from, and a lot of people listen to this show or in the same boat, um, you went from that exclusive captive world to the independent world. And that mindset that you're talking about, you still have this day, you know, that exclusive captive mindset is more articles driven, so to speak, or mm-hmm. policy count driven instead mm-hmm. of premium driven. And I wonder if that mindset has changed any since you've been on the independent side uh, because of, you know, like you said, in the rental policies, you might write a hundred of them and mainly have $10,000 in premium. I- I'm being a little facetious, but sure, no. that's not going to get you as far as with a captive because they pay you or policy in the captive, so you can make more money that way. So anyhow, I say all that to say, what kind of things have you had to transition your mindset going from captive or exclusive to the independent? That is, man, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, and it's something that, something that I, I actually, I really like talking about too. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because going from, going from a cap to independent, the, the mindset is, it's for me the the way that I I went with it. It opened up a brand new with cap. I was I was I was truly cap. Like that was it. It is what it is. Um, you know, these are either the rates or this is how I have to sell this policy, or like this is the strategy I have to come up with because I I you know my my main compensation did come from policy count. Um, policy growth and policy count is what is what matters. And so that had to shift for me because now none of that matters anymore with with what I'm doing now. Is policy count doesn't matter. Policy gro- I mean growth always matters because that's you know that's how you end up making money over the long run. But now I get to focus more on truly you know I guess I guess providing a value to people in in an aspect of um, well. It's a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to talk to you about my friends over at Coverdesk. Coverdesk at Coverdesk.com. They do an amazing job with virtual assistants. And, 
you know, if you're looking to hire, looking to bring on staff, looking to offload some administrative tasks, um, I would love for you to go to canopy or to cover desk. Sorry about that. Coverdesk.com. Whether you need one virtual assistant or you need a whole team of virtual assistants to help you to, to be more efficient and to get some things done, coverdesk.com. Go check it out. Now let's get back to the show. Maybe I'm not I'm not loyal to an insurance company. I'm loyal to a client. I want that client to be loyal to me. And so whenever we start having a lot of these issues or we have, you know, a bad claims experience or something like that, we can always take that and run it into a new um brokerage or a new new um, channel, anything like that. And man, whenever I was with CAPT, it was, I think that was the toughest thing to to deal with is just the ability or the inability to help people. Um, and right now my options are are limitless. And I think that's the, I think that's the really, really cool thing to an independent free market world. Yeah. I like that. So it's, it's, it's really been something that has gotten me, gotten me, you know, fired up to get out of bed every morning is, is getting to go and meet with business owners in the community, get to get to talk about their businesses, about what they get to do. It's, it's a bigger puzzle for me. Um, you know, home and autos are extremely important and they're important because, you know, they are what's protecting your bank account. You know, if I go out and I get to a really bad accident today and I've got, you know, state minimums, 25, 50, 25, then, you know, my, my life can be straight up over. Um, I mean, that judge can take anything he wants that I've got equity in or, or he could take everything that I've got from from my from my wages, everything like that. So they're important, but I think the I think the issue that that with like homes and autos stuff like that compared to what I'm doing with commercial is they're I don't want to necessarily say generic, but they're just the volume of them is so high out there, and you know the the industry scope of of you know save money on them, cut costs, cut rate, blah 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 that. It's kind of taken away the joy from actually getting to sit down with someone and say, hey, listen, this is what we need to do to protect you, protect your financial future, everything like that. And whenever you come into commercial, I really get to still do that. I get to sit down with someone and like another great example, uh, just work with a kid yesterday. I say kid, I, I call everyone kid, but just sat down with a guy the other day. He is starting up a landscaping company, but his landscaping company is is he is a jack of all trades, master of none. And so we sat down and really went through everything that he's planning on offering. And I had to tell him like, Hey man, starting out might not be the best idea to offer roofing on your, uh, on your landscaping company, just because the, right, the premium right. is the premium is going to be pretty high on that. Now I'm not saying don't do that in the future, but I'm saying like, let's not maybe rate for that at the very start. Um, but really getting to sit down with this with this guy and work through everything that he's planning on doing and building out a plan for him to say, all right, man, like you are you're going to be doing stuff from from trimming the student uh, hedges to power washing a sidewalk to grinding a stump out in this field. Like, I mean, to, you're going to build a fence. Great. Let's build a fence. Like, I mean, so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of things that he's going to be doing. And so getting to sit down with someone like that and really get to go through everything that they're going to do and work with them on that, that's something that I never really got to do in a cap world because our policies were so specific for, yeah. for what he's wanting to do. It's like, hey, man, like I got a landscaping policy, but you can't build a fence on this landscaping policy. Or right. you know, I've got a carpentry policy, but she can't be doing dirt work on, on the carpentry policy. 
And with, with going from, you know, a cat to independent, I can't sit down and actually make out a tailor-made policy for this yep. guy. And that's something that's, that's something that's really cool. Um, and really, really fun to fun to work with. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, as we continue this conversation, a little, one of the things I love the most about, you know, since I've gotten to know you is immediately as you got in the independent world, you wanted to get involved in the industry as far as that goes. And everyone listening to the show knows my wife, you know, runs an association here in the independent world. And you immediately were like, I want to get involved. I don't want to just be a member yeah. and come. I want to get involved. And so quickly you got, you know, on the Young Insurance Professionals Board and got active because you wanted to be able to give back and learn and grow. And, you know, uh, you know, it, what's funny is you and I are the old man of the Young Insurance Professionals Board. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you got, seriously, we laugh, but you and I look around on this board, we see 22-year-olds and 23-year-olds mm-hmm. and, it's unbelievable to see what, you know, they've been able to do over there at the PIA, but you know, you being in your thirties, uh, right. Yeah. 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 Being uh, in your thirties, being able to talk to somebody and see the kind of struggles they go through, not just on our board and not just that, but just in general, you may able to see young producers out there and what they you know struggle with and what they're positive in and what they've been having success in. But I would ask you now that you've been at it for a little while and you're still a young producer. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to call you old yet. You don't have the gray like I do yet, but I, I, I pluck them out real hard. Whatever they start talking, <laughs> like, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking with extreme prejudice. Just get them out. There you go. It would take me hours to get out of here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's funny. Like I keep making Stacy increase the age so I could stay in. It was forty, now it's forty-five. Because I'm like, give me two or three more years, man. I still got stuff to add to the young producers. But anyway, I feel like I'm 28 still. But anyway, um, so talk to me real quick and talk to the young producers listening or even agency owners listening. What what would you say is the biggest thing that you think young producers struggle with? whether it's, you know, out in the field or in the office or whatever it might be. So I think one of the biggest things that young producers struggle with, um, and it's something that I've struggled with since I was a young producer, and it's something that I'm getting better at because I have solid backup. And I'll touch on that in a sec of why, why solid backup is so important in, in this, is it's a fear to fail uh, mentality that that I really, really see people struggle with. Um, and, you know, you, you can listen to any entrepreneur uh, podcast or read an article or anything like that. And they always talk about, you know, you got to try, you got to try, you got to try. And Drew, the owner of Davidson Garrett, he's, he's always pushed me to, man, try it. If you think you can do it, try it. Um, and that's something that has, that has led to a lot of success in, in what I'm doing already. And you know, one of the biggest things that I just failed in and, and, you know, I'm always, I'm always happy to fail because if, if, if I hadn't failed, I mean, if I didn't even try, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I love it. Let's go. But the, the biggest thing that I just recently failed in was I tried to start a trucking and transportation division for, for Davis and Garrett. Uh, there was a need that's not being met in, in the market around here. And so I tried to fill that need. And yeah. it just, you know, I dumped months of my time into this. Um, I really kind of put a lot of stuff over on on the back burner. I even kind of stepped, not stepped away from, but just kind of paused even, even, uh, even yet the Young Insurance Professionals Board, everything like that, really, really digging my heels in and trying to get this thing going. And yeah. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, it led to, you know, a small dip in, in my sales, but you know, I've got the backup. I've got the, I've got the partners. Yeah. I've got the friends I've got, I've got, you know, my wife encourages me. 
I've got everyone behind me to say, go and try and fail. Because if, if, if you don't ever try and fail, if you don't ever get, get out there and try, um, then, yeah. then you're never going to succeed in anything. You know what I'm saying? Because like, man, yeah. if this thing would have taken off, if, if I would have, have gotten like the full blown, like huge market, everything like that for a trucking division, the, the agency, like, you know, the agency doesn't just change my life would change. Like the, the entire trajectory of, of the next 30 years that I'm going to be doing insurance, 30 plus years, I'm going to be doing insurance that entirely changes as well. Um, and there's things that, that I've, that I've tried that I've succeeded at, and it has changed what, what I'm going to be doing. Um, and one of the ones is, is working with new ventures is so whenever I first jumped over into, into, um, commercial insurance and into the independent world, my head was just filled with, I'm going to go out and I'm going to write $5 million in premium every year. That's what that's what I'm doing. That's what we're gonna get after. I'm gonna go write Tyson writing Tyson's tomorrow. That's I would I would reach out to I would reach out to um we quoted the city of Springdale. Uh I called them and I was like, Hey, let me quote your insurance. And they were like, All right, kid, like let's let's see what you got. And so, you know, I would go after these giant grandiose um policies and and businesses, everything like that. And that didn't work out too well. Uh, because those are, those, those are great if you get them. But what I didn't realize is, is it was an absolute dog fight every year to keep them. I'm talking, you're fighting against 10, 15 other brokers trying to get those, trying to get those big accounts. And it's, I mean, they're good, but man, you base your business around them. They're great. Let, let's say, let's say, let's say I wrote Springdale and they're paying me a million dollars in insurance premium a year. What happens next year? Whenever I lose that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just so that's it's it's stuff like that that yeah I went after right then but then I realized like hey this probably isn't going to be the best business strategy to get into and then so I started getting into into new ventures and it's kind of like what you were saying earlier it's like man this guy's you know I'm selling a two hundred dollar general liability policy like that's this isn't they don't come around as much as as what you know homes and autos do it's tough to tough to get that going but I kept on that and now I. I would say a lot, of, probably eighty to ninety percent of my of my premiums come from new ventures, um, and that's something that I really chased after, um, and it stuck, and it's successful, and it's working. And now one of those one of those guys that he started off paying me, I think his his policy premium a year with one one general liability policy was eight hundred dollars a year, somewhere, somewhere less than a thousand. And now he's up to uh, he'll be over fifty thousand uh, this year in premium, and so you know it's stuff like that that yeah you sell now and and you take care of them, you work with them, you care about them, and then they they end up being into into a, a high retention rate area as well because man, unless they just get some insane rate increase or I just turn into a sorry agent or something like that for them. They're not going to leave. You don't see you don't see turnover in that type of in that type of field. Um, and that's something too that Drew was, you know, Drew was like, dude, chase it, man. Uh, he goes like, I know you're not putting up the numbers that you wanted to. You're not hitting your your sales goals that you wanted to in the premium account. He's like, but these these accounts will stick around with you, and they can become some of the biggest ones you've got. And so that was, you know, that was one of the things that I had failed at going after the huge accounts. Um, I succeeded at going after the small accounts and, and maintaining them and keeping them up, everything like that. Uh, and then I failed at the, the trucking accounts. Um, 
but so the the next one is is we're going to get back into doing a whole lot more home and auto in the agency i know i kind of talked to you about this earlier um outside of this but that's kind of something that that we're really running up now is is we're going to get back into offering a lot more home auto auto full service and so just kind of shifting the agency's focus because um, i I'm always been a big proponent of you have to, you're never going to get, because, you know, in insurance, you can get as big as what you want to be. Um, and if you don't constantly try to improve some aspect, try to wake up, be do do one thing better today than you did yesterday type mentality. If you never do that, you never keep that shifting and that those sands moving, then you're, you're eventually going to just stall, which if that's what you want, fine. But that's just stalling doesn't really suit me well sometimes. And uh, so we are, we're always trying to figure something else out. Um, we never yeah. want to fix anything that's not broken, but, you know, always trying to add something to the agency and the, the support to do that within the agency and within friends is, is crucial. In this. Yeah. You bring up something that I'd like to camp out in for just a minute because yeah. I think it's it's crucial in talking about being a young producer. Something you brought up, it's something I try to, to stress on, but the way you brought it up really, you know, triggered me in the fact of you gotta be able to be nimble. You know, yeah. when you're a small agent, young producer, young, you know, in the business, you could be 50 and be young in the business, you know, mm -hmm. new in the business. You've got to be able to be nimble, be able to shift on a dime. You know, imagine being in that small boat and you've got to be able to, you know, move. Whereas if you're in a big cruise ship and you're a massive agency owner or you're, you know, got a big, huge book or you're chasing those big accounts, there's not a lot of room to shift and maneuver and be able to be nimble. And so I, I love the fact that you're like, you know what? And a lot of people do that. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do trucking. I I'm burning the ships. I'm going into trucking and I'm going to do it. But once you realize after you've put all you got to into it and it doesn't work, you got to be able to shift your focus and move. Yep. Quick. Maybe you decide, I'm going to go after Tyson. I'm going to go after Walmart. I'm going to go after Target and all these big ass accounts. And you realize, you know what? We're not, you know, we're not that agency. Yep. Let's shift our focus. Let's be nimble. And if you're listening to this right now and you're in that place, which I talk to you on a regular basis, you've got to be able to be nimble. Listen to my man Sam here because you've got to be able to make that shift. And it may mean, you know, because it's, it's sexy to be in commercial. I'm not going to lie. It's sexy. But sometimes you have to do the things that maybe aren't sexy. Maybe you go back to your roots and do some personal lines. Maybe you go back into selling apartment mm -hmm. rentals. Maybe you go back to life. Maybe you go back to whatever it is. But you got to be able to shift. And then when the market changes or things happen or a new carrier comes along, you can get nimble and go right back into commercial or a new niche or whatever. Yep, that's that's exactly that's exactly it. It it's the 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 ability to shift with the market because right now, man, commercial's tough. I mean, less than a year ago, I had an opportunity to write about a dozen liquor stores, right? Great premium, really, really good premium. And I lost them to a competitor, should have gotten it. So in that small amount of time, this was like six months ago that we had this, that we had this this kind of training with this company that that we should have beaten beaten my competitor with. We go up, it's time to it's time to to requote these, requote these guys, right? And I'm all excited about it. I'm jacked about it. This is gonna be great premium, huge count, really happy with it. And we go back to these companies, it's a do not submit now. It is an ineligible class. It is a don't call me, don't talk to me. You're an idiot for trying. And it <laughs> is just it's just like, are you kidding me? You guys sat in my office 
six months ago and said that we should never lose this type of risk ever. In the state of Arkansas, this is ours. We got it. Yeah. And now I can't even submit it with you. So that's just, and that kind of sums up the commercial industry right now. And so yeah, you're exactly right. It, it we, sums up the marketplace that we're in. Yeah. I have a lot of clients in uh, Louisiana, in Florida, in even South Texas that some carriers are pulling out of the state altogether. Yeah. Or they're going insolvent or they're putting moratoriums out there. And it's like, you can't anymore. It's like, okay, you've got to be able to be nimble. You've got to be able mm-hmm. to shift and move with the waters. And I think that's that's huge to be able to say, okay, you know, uh, have that mindset. If it's, you know, you don't necessarily need to fix things that aren't broken, as you said, but if you get to that place where you run into a wall, okay, it's time to move. It's time to go different. Yep. Imagine being in a maze. You're going through that maze and you hit that stop. You're like, okay, let's turn around, go back the other way, and let's try to get through this maze. My kids love that's, it going to those those corn exactly mazes. It. My kids love those <laughs> corn mazes and those you know pumpkin patches with the mazes and whatever. And it's so fun to watch them go through that. And they're like, oh, we're going this way. I'm going to make it through, Dad, in record time. And they hit that hedge or that you know crap. You know, turn around, go back. Yeah. And I imagine that's, you know, what it's like, you know, as a commercial producer of, or a producer at all in this marketplace of, all right, I'm at going all to this, this maze hit a wall, time to turn around and backtrack and figure out how to get to the end of this maze. Yep. You're exactly right, man. You really are. Because it is, you know, our, our goal at the end of the year is it's premium. It's not, we're not saying like, Hey, we want to write this much commercial stuff. It's just, you know, this is our goal of premium. This is our goal of growth. This is our goal of retention. Like this is, so what do we have to do to hit that? specific goal. This is what we like to do. This is what I enjoy to do. But whenever that option does not present itself anymore, and it does, you know, you go through these market cycles where where it's eventually going to stop and it's eventually going to come back. I'm sure in two, three years, those companies that aren't writing liquor stores, they'll write them again. Um, and so it's just, and I guess that, that kind of touches back on something that we talked about earlier too, going from cap to independent is the independent world it allows you to be able to really shift with that market. See, whenever I was capped, there was no shift because this is the only thing that I had to provide. Like, this is it. Um, and so it got to the point, and this is also where, you know, that that conversation I had with my wife, of like, man, I can't do this for 30 more years. I just felt like I was beating my head on the wall trying to, because I would try to shift. I had I had opportunities to, to write larger accounts within Shelter but they wouldn't, they just, the, the company, the organization wouldn't let me at the time. Um, and, and it got to be just infuriating having to deal with the, deal with the shift in the market and not being able to, to go in another direction. Like right now, commercial market's really tough. It is. We're seeing a lot of denials on a lot of things. And so we're shifting we're going back into homes and autos and life really had. Um, and so it's just an independent you get to roll with the punches a whole lot more. Uh, and so when you're, if, if you had, as we, you know, start to come to the end of this, if you start talking yeah. to, if I had to say, okay, I'm putting you in front of a, a room of 20 young producers that are coming out and, you know, green, full of, you know, you know what, and vinegar and ready to rock and roll. What, what's a piece of advice? The first thing you tell them, you know, outside of don't be afraid to fail. What's something else you feel like could help them to be successful, uh, whether they're captive or independent, or they're doing life or they're doing property and casualty or commercial or personal lines. What's a piece of advice you could give them? Find an agent to work with that cares about people. Uh, find an agent that that's out there that that really really cares about about you, about your success, um, and not just the agency success. Uh, that is like that's that. something that I would I would really really 
uh, advise because so find a good mentor. Find a yeah, find a mentor. That's exactly that's that's that is a very smart way to say that. He that's uh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> After 165 of these, I figured out a few words to say. But yeah, and I, I noticed that that's been that for you with Drew. Yes, absolutely. Like I'm serious, man. You know, I I ran, I owned and ran an an agency for seven, seven, eight years, somewhere, six, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, and uh, I have learned more in two and a half years of working with Drew and I've become a better salesman, better agent, better producer, better servicer, whatever you want to say, just a better person from working with Drew, not just Drew, Drew's, Drew's office staff. You know, he's been there for, he's been there since 2004 um, in Fayetteville and they still have the original staff working in there. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a great culture. That's incredible. It's, I mean, it's people really enjoy waking up and coming to work for Davis and Garrett. They really, really do. Um, and that's so a huge that's, testament to Drew and what he's done. I've known Drew for probably 20 years, almost uh, 18 yeah. years anyway. And he, you know, he's always been that way. And first of all, the guy never ages. He looks the same as he did in it 2004. It is weird. weird. But anyway, um, so you suck for that, Drew. But everything else he's saying <laughs> is spot on. So I think that's great advice to find a mentor, find a producer, find an agent, find somebody to pour into you and learn from. And, um, you know, would you tell them um, to get involved in the industry kind of like you did? Yes. Without a hands down, I think one of the biggest, I think, our, our, honestly, I'll just come out and say it because I'm, I'm kind of a big proponent um, in it. And I've started to see it really kind of switch in the industry here in Northwest Arkansas since I started kind of pushing a lot of like yip meetings, stuff like that. We, you know, we do, we do monthly get togethers up here with agents, stuff like that is I always believe that insurance agents are not my competition. They are my peers. They are, you know, we openly share ideas with each other. Um, so please, if, if, if you're a young producer, if you're a young agent, um, if you, if you're even a young CSR, anything in the, in the industry, get involved with any type of, of insurance conference, insurance, um, you know, organization like YIP, PIA, uh, there's some more out there. There's, I cannot tell you how vital that's actually become not only just in the success of, of my business of writing policies of growing the agency, um, but it's also become vital in, you know, meeting people that, that um, have also grown my ideas of, of how to, how to shift things of, Hey man, uh, I know, I know you're trying to start up a trucking division. I know a guy that's got a trucking company. Like, why don't you go talk to him? Like, you yeah, know, that's awesome. let's, let's get you, let's get you, let's get you hooked up with someone like, Hey, my insured, I know I can't ride this company because I can't ride trucking, but I know he's got like 10 trucks that, that he's got like, like, let's get you hooked up with him. So, you know, and if I would have just kind of sat in my shell, if I would have just sat in the agency and not gone out and talked to other insurance agents or, or anything like that, those opportunities never would have come around. And I'll be honest with you, Heath, it's kind of a mental health. Deal it is. Too, um, to, to be able to, to talk to industry professionals in the same way and, and just know that everyone else gets yelled at over a $2 monthly increase too. Uh, that I'm the, I'm right? the devil. Yeah, there's, like, yeah, there's that strength is, in that. And there's a lot to be said for that. You know, to be able to not commiserate, but to be able to talk to someone else about it and hey, what's working for you? What's not working yep. for you? Be able to have those connections because we are stronger together as independents and we can do that. And so it's funny we're having this conversation because as I say this right now, a good friend of ours is uh, about is wanting to join us and about to come oh, in here. Goodness. 
and say hi to us if I can get him to come in here. Um, there Look he is. This. Look at this guy. What's Uh, I was just wrapping up here with Sam, but you were coming in at a great time because we were just wrapping up our conversation. We were talking about how much Yip is meant to him. And I know this guy, Dakota, coming in. uh, You know, Dakota, how old are you? Um, 24. He had to think about it. So he's super young. (laughs) Sam and I know because we're old. I just just turned 24. I'm a a fresh 24. There you go. Fresh 24. There it is. He's a fresh 24. But this guy, I remember speaking to him at – University of Central Arkansas is, uh, you know, I came to speak to the college group and he came right out, got in with a great agency and really been kicking butt and taking names in our industry. And I'm so proud of what he's done. But uh, would you attribute some of that to getting involved in uh, in young and professionals in the industry, big eye, anything like that? Would you attribute some of that to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it gave me more confidence. And like even for, you know, Joey McGriff, I invited my future boss to the forum. So yeah. I knew I was giving a speech. I was like, well, it's a perfect opportunity to kind of just showcase more of what I can do in a free event that, you know, he was able to come to. So yeah, that definitely, and he gave me a good comments you know, on my speech and stuff. So I was, you know, nice to have, but yeah, yep has definitely helped me for sure in my career. Yeah. Sam was just talking about it. sometimes it's nice just to have that mental, I'll just be able to have some other agents to bounce ideas off of, commiserate with, talk about failures and successes and Things of that nature. Actually, it's funny. It's really funny that you say this. So we, um, one of the things that I do now uh, is we were sitting in. What was that? It was in Conway. It was at the. It was at the last Yip meeting, um, I think. But n- because I know it was you that told me this, is that uh, every place. quote, every quote that that you guys give out, you you give a cyber quote too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you know what's funny is I've started is is I took that from you guys and I've been doing it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but see, awesome. like, you know, it's stuff like that, that if I had not gotten into, if I had not gotten into the, the, uh, industry like that with, um, with venturing out of the agency, meeting other agents, getting involved with, with organizations and groups that, um, that do the same thing. There's just, there's ideas that, that help people, um, that I just, I never would have thought of. Because, you know, uh, I know you weren't here earlier, obviously, but uh, Heath and I were kind of talking a little bit, touched just very briefly on like cyber. It's kind of a kind of a, a policy that not a whole lot of people know or touch on or anything like that right now and how important it is. And that's like, man, if we hadn't had that conversation sitting there in that restaurant at that uh, at that event, I I probably would not have been giving out cyber quote. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know you started doing that. But yeah, that's something that we, you know, we're told we have to provide some type of cyber indication. You know, even, even just indication, just saying, hey, you know, we recommend this for every client. If you have one cell phone, one laptop, that's all it takes to get hacked. That's so, it. Yeah, it's all it takes. Be able with one cell phone. But. And being able to paint that picture of what it would look like if you didn't have the coverage and why you should have it, and you can come in that with confidence. I think that's huge. But uh, I wanted to let you in for just a second, uh, yeah. just to say hi to Sam. I'm going to wrap up with Sam. You know, I, I think that we're we're right in, in in a great spot here to 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 wrap up a little bit because I do think it's crucial to be involved in the industry. You know, and all the things we've talked about from uh, you know finding that coverage to the pieces of advice that your dad gave you to, you know, not being afraid to fail. I appreciate you sharing your story about trucking because I think it'll resonate with a lot of people to think about that because they think, you know, if you do fail at something like that, it's just the end of your career. Yeah, but you were able to all. say, you know what? I'm going to shift, pivot, go here, do that. It's all good. I think you got to, I, I think you also got to, got to know when, when it's okay to fail, that, that yeah. 
you know, I'd, I'd get to a point where I was just like, all right, this isn't, this is not going to work. Um, I got to call it. It's, it's, I can't just keep pressing my forehead against the wall. Like I, I got to call it and go back and, 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 and walk away from it. Um, uh, yeah. so, so yeah, but man, if I could, if I could leave the, if I could leave the conversation with, with a few, few things go for, for, it, for young producers is never sell for money, always sell out of, out of respect for people because insurances, whether they like it or not, it is important that they, that they have it. It's an important thing that we sell and that we offer. Um, and so, so never sell for money, find something that you're passionate about or find your best policy that you offer, your best value that you offer people and run that into the ground, those two things. And then find yourself a mentor like Drew. I would have, I would do almost anything to be able to go back in time and start. I started an insurance when I was about to cut his age, about 24, 23 23, 24, somewhere around then. Um, and if I could have, if I could have gone back and started with Drew rather than, you know, on my own or running my own agency or anything like that, man, I would be just leaps and bounds ahead of where I'm at now uh, just because of the knowledge that that dude could, could impart on me. That is, um, that's awesome. And I, and I love that you have that and that, you know, if you're listed, find something like that. And if you're struggling to find someone like that, I reach guarantee out to an organization. You, yeah. And I guarantee you, Sam would pick up the phone if you were to call him or email him and, you know, oh, yeah. some ideas with you as well. Uh, do me a favor. If you don't mind leaving some sort of contact info, an email address, a LinkedIn, something, if people yeah. do want to reach out to you and talk to you about some of these things and maybe even hear some of your stories and maybe you could uh, be a mentor to them. You bet, man. I'd be more than happy to. Because um, it's like I said, I don't ever see insurance agents as my competition. There's so much stinking business in and just Northwest Arkansas alone, there's so much business that we can all have a piece of the pie and eat it too. Um, and and I also, you know, growing up seeing a dad at insurance, and I know we're kind of, we need to wrap up, but seeing a dad at insurance, you know, he was, he was always there for every football game. He was always there for every basketball game. He, he picked me up from school. He dropped me off at school. You know, he was always there. And that's something that the flexibility of insurance allows me to do. Um, and so that's something that, that, just outside of sales, outside of, you know, an agency, just the, the opportunity of what insurance lets me do is, is, you know, we had season passes to, to Silver Dollar City. And I took my daughter three or four times just in the middle of the week last year to Silver Dollar City. The, the park's dead. No one's there on a Tuesday at 8 a.m. Uh, you know, we got the whole place to ourselves, basically. And those are the memories that I remember with my dad because he did insurance and he could make his schedule Dude, and, and do stuff that's like the that. the best. That and so because of that, man, I want to see kids like Dakota grow up in, in insurance and do this and, and stay in it forever. Because when he starts having kids and, and he and his wife, you know, they start having their kids and they're growing up, he can make memories like that too with his kids that it's the work-life balance. You can kill yourself selling insurance, but you don't have to. And I think with a good community around you, you can figure out ways not to have to do that. You're exactly uh, right, man. And that's, I, I what it, that. that's what it's all about. But yeah, so, um, anyone can find me on um, on LinkedIn, just Sam Henley. Um, I'm on Facebook, Sam Henley. Um, I work for Davis and Garrett Insurance. My email is uh, samh at dgins.com. Super short and easy to uh, to remember. Um, but yeah, you can you can uh, hit me up that way. Uh, shoot me a LinkedIn invite or Facebook message. I'm on Instagram. I just started Instagram. It's mostly for my bird dog because I'm starting up a um, I'm starting up a, a English pointer kennel. So if you know nice. anyone that wants uh, wants a uh, 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 quail pheasant or house dog, 
let me know. I'll train them up for you. Perfect. Uh, but, like uh, but yeah, my, uh, my, I'm looking at that real quick. My Instagram, I think you can just find me off of Sam Henley, but got a mustache on uh, my Instagram photo. <laughs> so it's, uh, Love it. it's a little taste, but yeah. Anyone's more than welcome to hit me up. I'm more than happy. I'm an open book. Dude, there I are, absolutely love there's that. no and, agency secrets for me. Yeah. And as we're focusing in the next couple of months on, you know, young insurance professionals that are, have been successful in early age in Arkansas, you know, if you want to come and, and meet Sam and some of these guys I'm interviewing, we're having uh, the PIA convention is in Hot Springs. Uh, we have a gangster theme because, you know, that's where Al Capone used to run and hide. And we got some killer, killer speakers coming to focus on young producers and to focus on some of this. So uh, check that out. You can go to PIAAR.com and look for that in in April of this year. So uh, reach out and do that. My uh, my wife's email address is Stacy at PIAAR.com. Uh, come do that. It's a great time. We always have a good time. We have a bago tournament. For those that don't necessarily want to play golf, you can come meet Sam and hang out with him. You can come and hear some great speakers, get some good dinners, and we have a good time, man. Uh, I look forward to seeing you there. Brother, I appreciate you coming in and hanging out with hey, me. Hey, you bet, man. This has been it's great. Been a lot I of thoroughly fun, enjoyed man. it. And it's yeah, good brother. seeing you again. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, man. Hey, absolutely. Y'all have a good one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and Sam today and letting us chop it up a little bit and have a good time. Uh, I really hope that you got something out of this show and out of this episode because my man Sam's never done a podcast before, but I really think he crushed it. And he really added a lot of value. And maybe you could put yourself in that same shoes, in those same scenarios, and and be able to relate to Sam because uh, he's no different than you are. And uh, trying to run a small uh, book of business, trying to run a small agency and, and just growing every single day and taking those steps to do that. And I really hope that you learned a lot from him. Uh, if you got an idea for your own show, go to GetReadySetPodcast.com. Get Ready, Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.